You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Jets podcast for Tuesday, March 9th, 2021. I'm your host, John B. from gangreennation.com. We've got a lot to talk about today, but before we get to that, I'd just like to give a special shout out to subscribers to this podcast who are taking some time out of their day to listen. If you'd like to join that group, go to your favorite podcast source and hit the subscribe button. We will deliver new episodes to your device each morning as they are posted. Free agency begins in the NFL next week. On today's show, we are going to continue the look at the free agent class that we began yesterday. On today's show, I'm going to tell you free agents I want the Jets to stay away from. But before we get to that, the Jets made a fairly significant, if expected, move on Monday as they placed the franchise tag on safety Marcus May. And if you're not familiar with the franchise tag, the NFL has this unique concept that you do not see in other sports. Each year, all 32 teams essentially have the opportunity to prevent one of their free agents from hitting free agency, and it's called the franchise tag. You can designate one player as your franchise player, and they essentially are given a one-year contract where they will make the average of the top five salaries at their position. And it is more complicated than this. Uh, there are some nuances involved. And a few weeks back, I did a show explaining all of those nuances. So if you're interested in the minutiae, you can go back to that show. It, I can promise you it's not that interesting. Really, what's happened is the Jets have prevented Marcus May from hitting the open market. May now has a one-year contract offer with the Jets. And in practical terms, it's really the only offer he's got. Now, this was an expected move. There was plenty of buzz over the last few weeks that the Jets were likely to give May the franchise tag. And last week, May's agent expressed frustration over the pace of negotiations on Twitter, which in retrospect was probably a sign that this was coming. Players don't like the franchise tag because... They always think that they can go out on the open market and get much more guaranteed money. That's typically the case for, for a player getting the franchise tag. So you're pre essentially preventing the player from making extra money. Because right now, if you get the franchise tag, you're stuck on a one-year contract. Whereas a multi-year contract tends to be much more lucrative, especially in terms of guaranteed money. And guaranteed money is important in the NFL because an injury can radically change the trajectory of your career. You're one play away from not being a valued commodity in this league as far as a contract goes. So typically players want to get multi-year contracts. They don't like the franchise tag. Now, there are instances where it works out really well for the player. Take Kirk Cousins in Washington. They, they gave him the franchise tag two straight years, so he was paid like a top-five quarterback two straight years, and then after that he was able to go out onto the free agent market and get a big deal. So sometimes it does work out. If you get the tag and then you get the, the big contract, you could end up making more money, but most players don't want to risk that because, again, football's a game where one injury could radically alter your career. The thing is teams don't really like the, the franchise tag either because you want the long-term certainty of – 
knowing that player is going to be with you for three to four years. You don't want to have to do this every year where there's drama, where you're not sure if the player is going to fit in. And strangely enough, it's also in the financial interest of the team to work out a long-term deal because frequently what happens is you can lower that player's cap number for that given year. You, know, you have to remember the franchise tag means that you are paying a player a top five salary at his position. Whereas if you give him a multi-year deal, you can spread out the salary. So how can I say it's best financially for the player and best financially for the team? How does that work out? The player gets the guaranteed money, but it's spread out over a longer period of time. So it's more money for the player, but the team gets to reduce the player's cap number each year. So in a way, you, know, you, think, you think of this stuff as a zero-sum game, where if the player is benefiting financially, the team's being hurt. But in this case, the franchise tag kind of hurts both sides. There's, there's pain on both sides. And I think of it as kind of a motivator to get a longer-term deal done for those reasons. And that's kind of what I'm hoping will happen with Marcus May. May, under the franchise tag, is set to make somewhere between, oh, 10 and 11 million. And I got to be honest with you, I think that's a little too much money for May. Now, I don't think it's an egregious overpay, but I think it's substantial enough that I'd call it an overpay. So the way I'm viewing this is not necessarily that the Jets want May to play on the franchise tag. And just because I say 10 to $11 million would be an overpay, that doesn't necessarily mean that I disagree with the move to franchise him because I don't view the franchise tag as a mechanism to get, keep the player for one more year, at least in most situations. What I view the franchise tag is as a mechanism to prolong your negotiating window as you try and work out a long-term deal. I'm sure the Jets are going to try and work out a long-term deal with Marcus May, I know it's always dangerous to read too much into comments in a press conference by a general manager, but Joe Douglas said, said as much that he wants May to be here for the long term. And if he did not want May, they did not have to give him the franchise tag. So the way I view this is now, Jets have a couple extra months. And I don't think that there's going to be imminent negotiations on the franchise tag. I don't think the Jets have a lot of motivation to get something done immediately because they don't really need the cap space. You know, they've got enough caps. Now, if you're tight against the cap, maybe you'd want to negotiate with the franchise player and get the cap space immediately. But the deadline is not for a few months to work out a long-term deal. So the Jets have plenty of time, and they have plenty of cap space. And now this is one less thing they have to worry about. They don't have to worry about their team MVP hitting the open market. They now know that he's going to be back, and they can focus on free agency. They can focus on the draft. And then this is just my guess. I, this is not insider information. My guess is that they will come back to this after the draft, try and work out a longer-term deal that works for both sides, gives May the guaranteed money he's looking for, and hopefully for the team's perspective, brings, May, brings May's salary down to a more reasonable level. And in that way, it could be win-win. And that's the thing about the salary cap is that salary cap provide. I'm sorry, not the salary cap. That's the thing about the franchise tag. The franchise tag provides pain on both sides. And in some ways, it's a motivator to get something done longer term. Now, of course, it's going to be tricky because the two sides have not been able to work out a deal. And we know, at least from Marcus May's side, there is some level of frustration based on the tweet his agent put out last week criticizing the Jets over the lack of a long term deal that's in place right now. But ultimately a move that was expected and what i'm hoping for is will lead to a longer term extension may has established himself as one of the top players on the team one of the few successful recent draft picks and a guy who's been a leader in the locker room by all accounts and 
I think it's a good thing that he'll be staying with the New York Jets in 2021 at least. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline also covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV with real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device today to sign up and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit by using promo code LOCKEDON. It's one word, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N with no space, for BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. This is the Locked On Jets podcast on this Tuesday. On today's show, we are going to continue our discussion of free agency. On yesterday's show, I talked about the players who I think should be at the top of the Jets list. On today's show, I'm going to give you players I would like to see the Jets stay away from. And this was kind of a tricky exercise because each of the players I'm going to mention today has talent. And in all honesty, there's a price for each of these players where I do think they'd be a good value, a good fit for the Jets. I'm just estimating what I think these guys are going to get. And these are players who I believe, and I could be wrong on this, but I believe that these players are just going to get too much money for what they bring to the table. And the first guy I'm going to mention is a member of the Pittsburgh Steelers, and that is Bud Dupree, who is an edge rusher. He was a former first-round pick of Pittsburgh's, and he has posted some big sack numbers over the last couple of years. In 2019, he had 11 and a half sacks. In 2020, he had eight sacks, but he only played 11 games because of an injury he suffered that ended his season. And the injury is actually not the reason Dupree is on my list. There are two reasons why I would like to see the Jets stay away from Bud Dupree. The first is that while his sack numbers over the last two years have been very good, again, in 2019, he had 11 and a half, and in 2020, he had eight, but those eight came in 11 games before his injury. He has not been a consistent generator of pressure throughout his career, and I talked about this yesterday a bit, but sacks are not everything. Sacks are important, and we should examine sack numbers but even the best sack guys in the NFL will get you about one per game. And the elite pass rushers in this league are impacting way more than one play per game because they're getting hits on quarterbacks. They're forcing the quarterbacks to move their spots. They're getting into the quarterback's heads. They're consistently getting into the backfield and generating pressure. And Dupree has not done that at a consistent rate through his season. And the second reason I'd like to see the Jets stay away from Dupree is... He plays on the defense with lots of great players, and while that's not necessarily a criticism of him, it does mean that he gets matchups. You know, he's never the guy you're sliding your protection to take away. He's never the guy who's getting double teams. There are always other guys there, so he's more of a supporting player than the top edge rusher on that team, and that just means he comes with less attention. He gets easier matchups. And that makes me wonder if he was the top guy on another team, would he be generating the numbers that he generated recently? And there's a price for what he brings to the table, but I think that that price is probably going to be too high. I think that there is going to be a team out there that's going to see the sack totals, that's going to think that this is a top-notch pass rusher, 
and going to pay him a ton of money. Now, if I'm wrong, listen, maybe I'm wrong out and he comes at a discount. Again, this is not a list of bad players. This is not a list of players that I would not take at any price. This is just a list of players that I think are going to be a little too expensive for what they bring to the table. These are my estimates. The next guy I'm going to mention is a member of the Baltimore Ravens, and this is a guy who has been consistently linked to the Jets in media reports in recent years. I don't know what it is, but by media reports, I mean speculation about free agents the Jets should go after, and that's Matthew Judon, who, again, this is a guy who's a good player, but if you're looking for somebody who's going to be a consistent pass rusher, a consistent 10-sack guy, I don't think this is it. I, you know, you look at the scheme the Ravens run, I think it gets him in a lot of favorable matchups. I don't think, you know, I, I keep seeing this guy, and I've seen this, even if you go back to last season when Baltimore franchised him, this was a guy people were speculating the Jets should be interested in, and I just don't see it. And part of this is like I look at this guy and I say this is the kind of guy Mike McCagnan would sign because I feel like this is a good player who's going to be paid like he's a great player again this is another another guy who is fine if you have him at a certain price but this is not the kind of guy who I think is going to be a defense changing talent I don't think this is a guy who you're going to look at as somebody who's going to be a consistent double digit sack guy and I worry that some team out there is going to pay him like that. I feel like this is, like a, again, like a perfect like Mike McCagnan free agent, the guy who's good, the guy who has a reasonably big name, who would generate a bit of buzz, but a guy who's not going to produce like a star. And I just, I, I don't know how much I believe in him as a pass rusher outside the Baltimore system where they're throwing all these blitzes at you, they're getting him these favorable matchups. I think that in, a, in, a, in another scheme... In another context on another roster, he's not going to be as productive as a player. So I'd like to see the Jets stay away from him. Chain stores have different price tiers for professionals and do-it-yourselfers, but rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody, and they are reliably low. rockauto.com's a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so that they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com This is the Locked On Jets podcast on this Tuesday, and on today's show, I'm naming the free agents I would like to see the Jets stay away from this offseason. And I will once again state my disclaimer. That does not mean that I think that these are bad players. That does not mean I would stay away from these guys at any price. It's just my estimate of what they're going to make is too high for what they bring to the table. And the next player I'm going to talk about is a player I've actually been a big fan of heading back to the point where he was drafted. And that's Desmond King, who finished the season with the Tennessee Titans. He was originally a day three pick of the Chargers back in 2017. In fact, I'll tell you, I was such a fan of Desmond King that every year on my website, we do a simultaneous draft where you make picks for the Jets in real time as they're selecting. And I picked Desmond King for the Jets that year because I think he's a really good player and he has been an all pro as a slot corner. But I just don't see him as a fit for the Jets right now. 
you know, I, I don't know that that's a position where you really want. I, I feel like he's going to make big money. He's gotten less consistent over the last year or two. And I mean, here's the other thing for me, and maybe I'm too attached to the guy the Jets have right now. But you know, if you're going to spend on the slot corner, just resign Brian Poole. Resign a guy who's been great on great for your team. You know, uh, so. I mean, maybe I'm too attached to, to Brian Poole. Maybe maybe I'm too focused on Poole's recent success. But I've seen people suggest the Jets should sign Desmond King, you know, make a big name signing at the slot corner position. But I just don't see it as a fit. You know, I don't see it as the most glaring er- area with the Jets. And beyond that, they got a free agent who's really good at that role anyway. So I, that's just me it's again that's nothing against Desmond King I've been a fan of Desmond King's for a very long time this is just about fit now we've talked about the need the Jets have at wide receiver I'll give you one player I'd like to see the Jets stay away from and that's Nelson Aguilar and Aguilar had an excellent season with the Las Vegas Raiders I just don't really trust him he's had a couple good seasons in in the NFL but He's been very inconsistent, and you know I'm not sure what the conditions were that led to his 2021 success with the Raiders, but when it comes to guys who are not doing it year to year on a consistent basis, I just tend to not trust them. And you know there may be something that was happening in Oakland the way they were utilizing him that that made him better. Perhaps there perhaps there were signs of genuine improvement, but I never trust the guys who fluctuate from really bad to really good I mean look everybody has years where they improve a little bit everybody has years where they maybe disappoint a little bit but Aguilar has been a guy who at points in his career has looked like a sub roster player in the NFL and then you know years like last year where he looked pretty good he did have one decent year in Philadelphia but the thing is like even his decent year in Philadelphia he was in a totally different role from where the Raiders played him last year so I think he's just really an enigma <laughs> I, I can't figure him out, and in a wide receiver class that at least appears on paper to be really deep, I just think there are going to be better options available. And, you know, I named the guys at the top of the market yesterday, but even if the Jets don't land one of those guys I was talking about, a Galladay, a Robinson, a Godwin, the second tier has a lot of really good receivers there, and the Jets should be able to get one of them, so... And it should be somebody who is less of an enigma than Nelson Aguilar. So that's a guy I'd like to see the Jets stay away from. And the last guy I'm going to name is a very big name, and that's Patrick Peterson, who, of course, has been a superstar with the Arizona Cardinals, a guy who probably is going to the Hall of Fame after his career is over. But I just don't think he's the same guy. I think he's a shell of his former self. He did, I don't think he had a very good 2020. He was a penalty machine in Arizona. I think this would be another case of the Jets adding a corner who's at the end of his career, a guy who used to be great, who now can't really do it that well anymore. And maybe, look, it's always possible Peterson rejuvenates his career in 2021, but I look at him and I see, you know, he's aging, he's not producing anymore, he's a big name. I feel like we've seen this script before with the Jets that it just doesn't seem like the right fit to me you know yesterday I talked about Richard Sherman as a guy I'd be interested in but Sherman's still playing at a reasonably high level his game has aged pretty well Peterson's a guy who really scares me I wouldn't be shocked if he went out and had a good 2021 because again he is a trans he has been a transcendent player through his career 
but I don't have any conviction that he's going to be able to come back and play at a high level this year after what we saw in 2020 in Arizona. Anyway, that's all for our show today. Thank you for listening. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, if you enjoyed this show, subscribe to it and leave it a good review. Have a great Tuesday, everybody, and send in your mailbag questions for our weekly mailbag show tomorrow.